Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roll with us today, Adam Rank. How you doing, Rank? Um, they look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast presented by the Fancy Points Media Group. Hey, Major, hey. <laughs> what, does, what does a one-legged turkey say? Uh, ouch. A one-legged turkey says wobble, wobble, wobble. Anyway. It would have been better if you would have said waddle, waddle, waddle and did the waddle dance. Come on, man. You're better than that. Something like that. No, we're not going to go there. But, hey, this is the Thanksgiving Day special. Thursday football is just around the corner. The cranberry sauce, the stuffing, the turkey, the ham, the whatever majors got going on over there. He has real food. I mean, he's got string beans probably, and I don't know what else you got going <laughs> on. Mashed cranberry. Mashed potatoes. Are you allowed to eat mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, <laughs> turkey. Just no, uh, so, no pig. So when you when you sit down for your Thanksgiving dinner, what do you drink out of? A cup. <laughs> uh, you're doing it all wrong you gotta drink out of a goblet now we want to move on with this show as quickly as we can today i may be seriously sleep deprived at this point now if you head to the vipers network right now you could see why i basically published three videos last night highlighting all three of the Turkey Day special contests there in my primetime preview series. If you head to Fantasy Alarm right now, you can see Tara's children taking care of Tara live on air. So, hey, <laughs> those are you do not want to miss. Straight up assaulted me. <laughs> now, we, speaking of being assaulted, there was some assault taking place on the football field here last week. And we have several injuries that kind of happened there. So we're going to go to whip through these injuries here. Probably the biggest one happens to be Justin Fields dealing with that shoulder injury. Kind of that AC joint things we're starting to hear a little bit out of. Now the dilemma for Chicago is, do you somehow let him play through it or do you let him sit the rest of the season and he'll move on to next season? We have Joe Mixon and that concussion. Mike Williams, ankle yet again. We've also got my man Wandell Robinson. Now this one just cuts deeply. ACL, nine catches, 100 yards, and now the season is over. CEH, ankle injury, probably the best thing that ever happened to him because I don't think he ever recovered from the last ankle injury that he had. So maybe a little bit more time off heading into the offseason is going to help him out there. Kyle Pitts, MCL, his season is done. Kadarius Tony, <laughs> tell me you've heard this one before. Hamstring number three this year? I mean, how do you, like, seriously, how do you manage to do this? I'm the guy who hurts my back getting out of bed. I'm the guy who throws something at when I'm sneezing. I have not suffered three hamstring injuries in the same year. Um, you know why? A hamstring is usually an injury reserved for the fast people. You're not so fast, my friend. <laughs> how, how many hamstring injuries have you suffered recently? I've had anyway. a lot of hamstring injuries in my life, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fast. I've had none. That's superior hamstrings. 
you probably a nerd who like I need to stretch properly before warming up, and like you're that person. Well, that's generally what you do. You do stretch before a game. I mean, nah, get to no. It. I was always the person that refused to warm up. It's just like extra effort. I got whole no respect for you. I like that. <laughs> oh yeah, like I would go like in track practice, I go hide. Like I could put any any excuse not to warm up. Any <laughs> any excuse. <laughs> you take a hamstring injury. <laughs> nah, it was always shin splints. Uh, <laughs> shin splints. That's the worst. Is that a real injury? Again, no, that's, that's just the worst injury. injury. Maybe I'm worst. just a genetically superior being, but I've never had shin splints either. Because, well, have you ever like moved off the couch? What's going on, buddy? You need Dude, to get. Some, I can move. So some lower extremity uh, injuries there, buddy. Did they get shin splints with skates? Never happened. Hey, I, I, hey, I'm, I'm basically a new man from the waist down. We're talking like two hip surgeries here, seven knee operations, an ankle operation, but uh, never a hamstring. I mean, my tendons and stuff—they're they're not doing too bad. Now, another injury, another guy who's been beat up all season long, Matthew Stafford. It looks like maybe some nerve damage in the neck. They're calling it he's in the concussion protocol, but it's not really a concussion. That happened here this last week. And the crazy thing is we could have an absolutely insane week number 12 scheduled ahead as Mike White looks like he's replaced Zach Wilson there in New York. Kyle Allen replacing Davis Mills. Sam Darnold replacing Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker. We've got Trevor Simeon possibly stepping in under center in relief of Justin Fields. Hopefully the Bears make the right call and rest Fields. And then Bryce Perkins, the undrafted free agent back in 2020, he looks like he is now going to be under center there in Los Angeles. There against and which Kansas one of those quarterbacks Kansas. would you take? Which one are you starting? So if I had to choose any one of these guys, I'm going to go with the proven track record here of a guy who's throwing for 400 yards in a game. That's Mike White in the New York Jets. I mean, he's already got the good defense set up. And we know he's going to check the ball down. We know he's going to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. The guy is already throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns against the Cincinnati Bengals last season. So we know that he's got the ability. I've, I've seen Kyle Allen. I'm not going to worry about that. We know it's Trevor Simeon is. We've seen Sam Darnold. Bryce Perkins, I watched him in college. I wasn't impressed with him in college. And I haven't really preseason, seen him. Whole lot he balled out in the preseason. Perkins balled out in the preseason. Well, who yeah, you but you're playing against a bunch of scrubs that aren't even playing their actual defenses at that point. So for me, I mean, this is this is basically a who's who of who you don't want right now. That's basically what this is. Sarah, if I had to choose one of these, I'm going with Mike White. Sarah? It would if it weren't for the fact that Carolina played Denver, it would 100% be Sam Darnold, hands down, like not even close, but it's a bad matchup. So I, I might have to go with Mike White, unfortunately. This is an ugly week, man. Yeah. Ooh, I hope you guys have some depth on your teams, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then we've also got a couple other releases and signings here. Uh, first release, uh, Melvin Gordon. He still has not found a new team. The Broncos surprisingly cut him here. Uh, earlier in the week there. And then maybe the bigger surprise major, Daryl Henderson, released by the Rams, and then quickly snatched up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jaguars, they also traded James Robinson earlier this season to the New York Jets. They seem to have had their eyes set on Daryl Henderson here, so he's going to be their new RB2, more than likely, in Duval County. Duval. So a couple of those are kind of interesting here as we move forward. I don't think I'm going to risk taking a, either one of those guys as far as stashing them on my bench, especially in redraft, I don't think there's any value to be had there. But where there's value, we have winners. And where there's no value, we call that losing. So, Major, 
week number 11. Let's go back before we move ahead and talk week number 11. Winners and losers, who do you have filling those uh, columns? I'm going with Tyler Bass. Yes, a kicker. Bass hit six field goals, field goal attempts, and one PAT to help the Bills beat the Browns in a close game. Tyler connected on the 50-yard-plus kick as well. And he even outscored pretty much all the star players from the Bills. Like, I have him on my team, and he helped me. Uh, yeah. in, in, in last week, I had, like, a bad quarterback situation going on, and he, you know, stood up for me. So, shout-out to Tyler Bass, you know, our first kicker, I think, ever to be a player of the week. And for my yeah, sit- think- – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I'm pretty confident we've never brought up a kicker in winners and losers before. So that's <laughs> definitely got to be a first. Yeah, and for, and for my uh, loser, I got to go with Deontay Foreman again. I, I usually pick these things from, like, how my teams perform. And, you know, I went and traded for him at the deadline. And he actually balled out last week for me. So I was confident that he was going to do some work. Um, but, you know. It didn't really work out. It didn't work out so much. You know, he had a poor game, 24 yards, 11 carries, and didn't do anything in a passing game. Um, there's also been reports that he's he's hurt or missing practice, but he didn't really tell us why. Um, you guys have more info. That would be good to fill me in on that. But, yeah, it's a weird thing going on with him after I sent, like, a lot of draft picks and and uh, DPJ out there to uh, – to, to acquire him and to help me win this championship. So that's my winners and losers. Hmm. Well, that's probably a problem right there, putting your faith in him in the first place. I mean, that, that's, that should have been your first warning. Anytime that you really start to believe in something, that's usually when it's going to come back and bite you in the backside. He's had some big games, though. He had like 130 yards and then, what, another 100 or something. Like, he, he's not a scrub, you know? Yeah, but at some point in your career, you are what you are. I mean, we've seen this horse and pony show with a couple times throughout his career already. This is pretty much what you're going to get. You're going to get some good games from time to time, and then you're going to get what we got last week and make you question everything about your knowledge of fantasy football at that point. Now, Tara, what kind of winners and losers do you have from last week? Um. I've got, so I want to pivot for a second. Uh, my big winner is obviously Tony Pollard. Um, Ezekiel Elliott was uh, dragged back from the dead to resume his RB1 role because, <laughs> because Jerry Jones loves him some Zeke more than anything in the world. Um, but despite that, uh, Pollard was still literally the top scoring fantasy player of all positions in PPR. Um, and I, you know, I gotta admit, I was concerned. I didn't recommend, recommend him as a start because Minnesota's defense, um, is very stout against running backs and Zeke coming back. It just seemed like a recipe for him to just be mediocre. But I, at this point, I think we just have to kind of accept he's matchup proof, (laughs) Zeke proof. So, um, congrats to Tony Pollard in his, um, his final emergence to greatness. Um, but since major mentioned Tyler Bass, I got to throw out like Brett Maher, like we got to give him some props because technically speaking in theory, he would have scored more since he had to hit two 60 yard field goals. Um, one just didn't count, unfortunately, but um, yeah. he hit both of them. So shout out to him. He like absolutely fantastic. Stone, literally just like stone cold. I don't know how you can do that. Um, my loser of the week was everyone that believed in Kadarius Tony, and I was one of those losers that believed in Kadarius Tony. Um, yeah, shout out to Kadarius Tony for helping me go viral on Twitter, though. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we were rooting for you, and you let us down, and now your hamstrings hurt again. Ugh, just <laughs> never again. 
<laughs> ever? Never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. <laughs> See, this is exactly why, one of the many reasons why I have trust issues. It's because of fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was all in with everybody else here, other Kadarius Tony. You look at the numbers, you follow the process, and it all looked Hey, you know, this does make a lot of sense. No Juju Smith-Schuster, no McCole Hardman, Marquez Valdez-Scanling is who we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony, we know what he can do when the ball's in his hand. This looked like a great opportunity. We saw the snap share. We saw the yardage. We saw the usage there the week prior. We jumped in on it. I'm as guilty as anybody for that as well. So, I mean, yeah. And now it will never happen again. I don't care. He could go off Wait, all he wants. Wait, can we spot him for an injury, though? Like, I can see if he just didn't have a good game. But to have an injury, that's a different thing. And I think he had a like, bad game when the injury came up. Let's be honest. Yeah, okay. it, yeah, I'm there too. I'm like your injury, your hamstring injury pops up. I can't trust you, and I hate to like say like mm, you're faking an injury, but you literally came out and tweeted that you weren't injured in the first place. So <laughs> I'm not gonna trust you and your hamstrings. So no, trust <laughs> issues right there. Not from now, the white, me, not from a past girlfriend, but from fantasy football. From <laughs> fantasy football, it'll do you. Now, for me, someone that I am, you know me. I mean, on the show, I am a Jamal Williams yeah. stand here. I mean, there's no player that I love more than Jamal Williams. Yeah, maybe Mooney. As a person. Myers. As a person. I mean, <laughs> I love when he goes off and he talks about, like, Olaf there and Frozen, gets into his little mermaid stuff. Some of the things that come out of his mind, it makes me feel better about myself and it puts a smile on my face. So when I saw him go out there and score three touchdowns, he automatically got onto my winner circle here this week. Williams now leads the NFL, leads the NFL with 12 rushing touchdowns. And in five games, he has two or more touchdowns, something that hasn't been done since LaDainian Tomlinson did that back in 2006, the season in which he set the record for touchdowns. Now, I'm not going to say that Jamal Williams is going to set the rushing record for touchdowns in a single season, but I think we got to give him a little bit of respect out there. And there's DeAndre Swift ain't getting that job back anytime soon. He... I mean, maybe DeAndre Swift needs to learn how to play hurt. I mean, I don't know what's going on there right now, but it seems like there may be a little bit of questioning of whether how much heart DeAndre Swift has within that Lions locker room. I, I can't put you guys words in anybody's mouth. <laughs> hey, when you got a at least guys his are like, real. Are they though? Are they at this point? I don't know if his are real. I mean he's had some injuries that have seemed to linger for an extended period of time. Now, that may be frustrating, Dan Campbell and whatnot, but now I'm going to move on to my loser here. How about Zach Wilson? Demoted Mm. to the QB3. That means he's going to be inactive this week as the Jets host the Bears. That means we are one step closer to Joe Flacco stepping back under center as he's going to be the backup to Mike White this week. Now, last season in week number eight, I kind of mentioned this off the top of the show there, White threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns against the Bengals. In four games last season, he had 953 yards and five touchdowns. He did throw eight interceptions. And Wilson, this season, in seven games, has four touchdowns, five interceptions to go 1,279 yards. So right there, there's not a whole heck of a lot of difference between Zach Wilson and Mike White and what they've been able to produce on the field. Now, I have to believe that after watching those press conferences yesterday and then today as it pertains to Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson has probably lost that locker room, and I don't think it's particularly close right now. So I think this Jets team is going to come out firing this week just because of Zach Wilson not even being on the dressed for this game. So expect a bigger, better Jets team this week. 
I'm not going to say they're going to roll off four straight wins or anything like that, but I mean, I think they're going to have a little bit more uh, a fight to them this week than they had last week. I mean, three points losing and then losing to the Patriots on a punt return. I mean, that game was just bad altogether. I think the Jets are going to be able to get it right here this week. Now we want to talk about Thursday night football. We got to go on here. We got some props, some DFS stuff. We're not going to talk about the game and break down here. We're not doing our one v one. We got something else, a little better that planned here for this week's show. That I don't know if anyone actually filled out the show sheet or looked over to the left side of the column to see what it actually is. I did. But maybe, hmm. Let's talk about some of these props you got going on here, and then I'm going to tell you about the bets that I got going on over on Underdog there, courtesy of hey my friends over at FantasyPoints.com. If you want to save yourself ten percent. If you want to get the best bets by Tom Broly there, Graham Barfield, and John Hansen, use that promo code 22Vipers10. That's going to give you 10% off that subscription, and you're going to see where I'm stealing my information from and putting my money on. So, Major, where are you placing those bets here this week? I'm all off right now. but uh, Yeah, your screen is absolutely horrible, but luckily most people are watching this on uh, the radio. They got uh, uh, is that some underwear you got hanging there on the door? I don't know. That looks like a big uh, something. Some hats. On that yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're back. Uh, kind of. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So, for Underdog, you know, they're doing some, like, fun stuff over there. They introduced this thing called a payout booster and a special. So, with the payout booster, that's going to um, Dak Prescott. Higher than 257 and a half passing yards. So, if he beats that, you're getting extra money. Uh, Dak has beat this mark the last two weeks and added five touchdowns along with that. He's also going against the New York Giants, who's given up 224 passing yards per game. So, uh, you know, it looked like that defense is pretty tough, but I think Dak and the Cowboys have enough uh, firepower to, to, to get that money for you. And this one, to me, is just like I had to look at it three or four different times. But they have a prop of Josh Allen higher or lower than 0.5 passing yards so all he has to do is show up and you're going to get these you're going to get some free money so log into the app right now click this before they change their mind because this is free money so yeah i don't even i can't even give you any stats or anything because if he goes in and throws for one yard you're going to get paid so go ahead and get that with josh allen and and thank underdog and thank me for like bringing that to your attention I'm on underdog right now. Look at those props here as far as Josh Allen is going. I think that is now null and void as the yardage was now set at 287.5 yards. The special is no more. That's like the cranberry sauce now that you gave us. You promised us something best special, and then we get you got stuck with the cranberry sauce. Sorry, guys. You gotta (laughs) hop on. It's all good, though. It's all good. So I'm going to talk about some of these bets that I got going on here. So I went in on that special. That one. So $1 will win you $100 if you nail it. That's what the whole Dak Prescott there at 247 and a half. Some of the other ones that I went with this week, and you guys let me know. We got we got burned last week going with Robert Woods taking the under on his yardage. I mean, that would hurt me last week. I would never have guessed 69 yards is what he ended up getting there. But I went with TJ Hawkinson, higher than four receptions. We're still good. Ramondre Stevenson, I took over on the 27 and a half receiving yards. Dalton Schultz, I also hit on the over 37 and a half receiving yards. And Dawson Knox, also over on 300 or 37 and a half receiving yards. So I'm feeling very generous here on Thanksgiving. And hopefully I'll have a little something, something to be thankful for this week. $1 for 100 is kind of what I got going on there. 
Now, Tara, when you look at the DFS slate here on Thursday, we I mean, we've got more games, more players in the pool than we are accustomed to at this time of the year. So kind of go through us some of these better DFS plays for week number 12. I would love to, but um, I'm looking at my phone just so I can see um, anything because my screen has frozen. So <laughs> I cannot see anything. I don't, and I'm not really sure how I'm still connected to the show. That's kind of odd, but um, <laughs> in general, you know, like I'll just do some, you know, fair warning kind of things, um, you know, because it just depends on what you want to do. Um, if you're playing the entire main slate or if you're looking at um, just doing the Thursday night showdown or even single game entries. Um, but I think one thing that you need to highlight is the Minnesota and New England game. I would love, you know, coming off of a absolutely horrendous performance for Kirk Cousins, I would love for this to be a nice bounce back game for him. But unfortunately, this just aligns to being a terrible situation against a bad defense in prime time. It's all the things that Kirk Cousins just, you know, that just makes him go boo and just gets, you know, super scared. So unfortunately, if you're looking kind of at the quarterback situations, you know, you have to avoid um, Kirk Cousins as an option. Mac Jones is not an option either. You're looking at that and then you're looking up and you're saying, okay, you've got Dak Prescott and Josh Allen as two guys that are fairly dependable. And then if you're looking for a low budget option, it's, you know, it's kind of tough. You're looking at, do I want to take my chances with Daniel Jones against the Dallas defense? Do I want to go with Jared Goff against the Buffalo defense? That's been a little bit more vulnerable. Um, Obviously Dallas is a menace against the pass. Kirk Cousins can attest to that. So it's a little bit difficult to try and, you know, pay down at this point you've got to pay up um go ahead and go with josh allen if you want to go down a little bit you got to go with um dak prescott but it's kind of more of a shoot for the moon situation and um then try to save money elsewhere there are not a lot of good bargains on um this thursday main slate all of the bargains are on sunday so you cannot go hunting very low yeah we mentioned the fantasy alarm show like the only low end option that we even saw was dj chark so unfortunately there's not a lot of dumpster diving that you can do so it's a lot of just kind of identifying those guys making your yeah <laughs> making your lineup work unfortunately because there's not a whole lot of value at the end of the uh, the end of the spectrum so you know start with josh allen then go from there and try and fill out with the running backs with the best matchups wide receivers that are you know kind of those mid-tier options and then the really only tight end with a lot of upside is tj hawkinson so that's the way that i'm looking at um thursday as a whole yeah, I just want to touch base here a little bit on that Minnesota-New England game. And we look at back at what Kirk Cousins' Vikings team has done on the season. And from the strange but true file, after that 37-point loss to the Cowboys there, the Vikings have a negative two-point differential in 2022. That is the lowest in NFL history for a team to have an eight-and-two or two, eight and two record or better through 10 games. The previous low was the 1987 Chargers, who were plus six. So to give you an idea of how weird that these Vikings are so far this season, they've been a lot of close games that they found a way to win, but that game against the Cowboys did not go exactly as planned. And again, it, they, they must feel like they're stuck in some sort of weird kind of time loop here, groundhog day type thing, because last week they had Tony Pollard there and Ezekiel Elliott. They had that Cowboys pass rush. And then this week they get the Patriots combination of Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. And basically Stevenson is Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott all rolled up into one. And that Patriots pass rush is just as good as that Dallas Cowboys pass rush as they sit second in team sacks. 
led by the league leader in sacks this season and Matthew Judon there, who is 13 and a half. So, I mean, no rest for the weary there. No rest for the doctor of thugonomics there in Kirk Cousins here in week number 12. And don't put, put a little bit of respect on McCorkle Jones this week because I think he's a sneaky play. I think against this team, against Minnesota, who are down their three starting corners mm-hmm. and the advantage that they have along the offensive line versus that defensive line of Minnesota, I think this is one of those games in which Mac Jones could be a value based on what his price is going forward. That gives you a little bit more of a boost in other areas. So I kind of like Mac Jones a little bit more than the consensus here this week. I'm not going to say he's a top 12 quarterback, but I think he could creep into the top 15 this week, maybe put give you about 17 fantasy points, which is kind of that threshold of what I say is a good fantasy start at the quarterback position. Now, some of these other games here we talked about, I mean, the New York Giants, listen, I, I'm – I'm not a big on this whole New York Giants thing here because the biggest thing is the one thing the Dallas Cowboys can do is get after the quarterback. We've got uh, Micah Parsons there, 10 sacks this season. He's got five games with multiple sacks. That's something that doesn't get done by very many players. You've also got Doris Armstrong, Dante Fowler, and you've got the man themselves there and Demarcus Lawrence. Each of them have five sacks this season. And then on the flip side, I don't know if anyone from the New York Giants offensive line is actually going to show up for this game. They have three guys already being left back at home due to injury or illness. They got a couple other guys who are questionable at best heading into this game. Well, if you don't have an offensive line and you're going against the best pass rush in the league, that's going to create problems, even if you are the vanilla Thunder man himself there in Daniel Jones. And then finally, (laughs) then we also got Detroit versus Buffalo. And I think right now that this has the highest – over under so far of the week here, something like 54 and a half points right now. The Bills are nine and a half point favorites, and that number is probably going to fluctuate a little bit between now and kickoff. But I mean, let's give the Lions a little bit of respect there and how this defense has been playing as of late. They've actually gone out there and they've shut down some pretty impressive teams here, defensively speaking, especially when we're looking at on the ground. In the last few weeks, they've basically held like last week against Saquon Barkley 15 carries, 22 yards. Barkley, he's been a pretty good running back, despite you knowing what the New York Giants are capable of doing. The Lions said, I don't care. We're just going to shut that right out completely. So if you think that the Bills are going to have their way with the Lions, I I think that the Lions may surprise a few people here. It could actually be a complete blowout too. But Josh Allen, the sleeve is gone, by the way. The sleeve is gone. The sleeve is gone. Maybe that's a good thing that he's going to be able to run the ball a little bit since he lost his desire to run. I mean, trying to be protecting that UCL a little bit. His production has gone down fast. He's had a couple of his worst fantasy weeks. If he's still not wanting to run, not willing to take that hit on that arm, I mean, I think Detroit has a chance in this game to cover the spread. I'm not going to say they're going to win, but they have have won three straight contests. Now, that all being said, we've heard our Thursday night football kind of stuff and everything that's kind of gone along with that. But now I want to know from each and every one of you here, what are you thankful for on this Thursday night. We have Thanksgiving. What is something in fantasy football that you are thankful for? And yes. major I'm throwing some like nice little music for us. I don't know if you guys can hear that. But I'm thankful that I get to watch my guy. Ramon Dre Stevenson <laughs> in a primetime game. Like I know Tara's late to the party, but she's here. And it's time for the rest of you guys to join us in the Ramondre Stevenson party. 
The Vikings are mid-tier defense, rush defense, so they're doing a pretty good job. They're giving up 122 yards a game. So Dre will have an opportunity to show his full 360 game. He's been killing in a passing game along with the running game. So it's like we have to show love. And, yes, Tara, you are late to the party. And now, Tara, for the rebuttal, what are you thankful for? You know, I tried to find something that I was thankful for um, on the Thursday game. So I'm just going to I'm expanding it out to um, the entire week. I and the, the entire season, really, I am. I am thankful for Kenneth Walker and his emergence to greatness. Um, selfishly speaking, in my home dynasty league with my brother, you guys know him, love him, hopefully love him. Uh, <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> and, and, and all his friends um, are, this is our home dynasty league. And they let Kenneth Walker fall to the 105 to me. And um, I picked him. And God is good. Um, <laughs> See what the music does? It makes you just get. Uh... <laughs> I love to just love to enter in the group chat, just like thinking regularly. One hundred five. I start, I'm going to change my team's name to one hundred five. Thank you so much, guys, for the guy who, since week five, has averaged nearly twenty fantasy points per game, and has proven that he can, in fact, catch passes um he looks like i mean he just you just watch him and he's just like it's something else it's it's not even it's like oh man like if you compare him to like not to knock on brian robinson or anything but i think if you look to like a guy like that and you say okay you know your average football player your average plotter you know he's you know he'll get the job done but there's nothing like spectacular there but kenneth walker man when you just look at him like it's pure electricity so Congrats to Kenneth Walker and him showcasing exactly why he should have been the second overall pick of any dynasty draft. I like all their five synergy you got going on there. You know, the one five <laughs> week five. Yes. Nice. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> and Matt, what are you thankful for? Matt had Canadians. <laughs> oh, well, you can't have you can't have this nice acoustic sound and then have me coming on because it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. You know, Wait, it's, oh. it's not the same feel. So for me, this Thanksgiving, get your motor trucks running here. We have the motor trucks going on here at the, down here at the racetrack. Track, 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 track. For just two dollars, two dollars, two dollars. Come and watch. <laughs> I'm thankful for the fact that Daniel Jones looks like a turkey because he's going to get the stuffing knocked out of him this week. Yes, he looks like a turkey. Pull up his picture. He looks like a turkey. Every cartoon turkey you see with a big head and a skinny neck, that is Daniel Jones. And guess what? He is gone. I already talked about his offensive line basically being dinged up. Now he gets the Dallas Cowboys coming at him with the best pass rush in the game. I mean, run, turkey, run, because they're coming after you hard this week. So I'm going to be enjoying this game from a pure chaos standard. Chaos, chaos, chaos. I like now it. Now it's time. <laughs> what is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> this dude is a maniac. I like it, though. Oh, Let's my go. God. He Three hours of sleep. To like, and, hey, guys. And incoming 25 points for Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can probably book it. It's all going to be rushing yards, too. Exactly. Like popping up like three 80-yard rushing uh, attempts there. 
Uh, <laughs> this is what happens. You have three hours of sleep and you're running a fever. I mean, these things just kind of go together. Now, I want to hit the mailbag here a couple, real quick here. I got a couple questions here. We'll attack these. First off, would you trade my man there, Christian Kirk, if the return was Cortland Sutton and Tua Tagovailoa? Major. Yeah. Tua, you're, you're going to get points. He can throw a slant and it becomes like a 60-yard, 40-yard touchdown. Like Tua is it probably going to end up quarterback one if he you know stays healthy. Sutton, on the other hand, uh, it's a little inconsistent, but, you know, uh, I'll take uh, Tua's points over Kurt's point anytime. Kara, I would not take. Uh, mm. It depends. On, it depends on. No, I wish I had more context. It depends on who you're trying to upgrade from at quarterback because that's it. The difference between Christian Kirk and Cortland Sutton is pretty dramatic for me. Um, I mean, while Jerry, I mean, just I, I just don't see how this. If if Russ couldn't really get it together against Vegas, I'm so sorry, Matt. But if he couldn't pull it together in that situation, it's not pulling together. Like <laughs> that's it. So we've got a short-term benefit of Jerry Judy being out. I think he might miss this week. Beyond that, once he comes back, like I just, I, I won't know part of Cortland Sutton. So you're literally just giving away. Hey, I would not start Cortland Sutton after Jerry Judy comes back. You're just giving it away. So mm. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, for me, the answer is like Kara kind of mentioned there. What you have at quarterback. If you need a quarterback, if two is going to be your number one quarterback then I can understand making this move. But for me, Christian Kirk is a top five receiver the rest of the season. I, I really believe he is going to end up in that top five when the season is all done. That was kind of one of those bold predictions I kind of made, and I'm going to stick with it there. So if I need a quarterback, say, for example, maybe I got Kirk Cousins under center, I may be inclined to make that move. Now, Kirk Cousins, he's been good, but, I mean, he has his ups and downs, and Tua is going to give you that safer floor at the quarterback position. Cortland Sutton, you can probably put him in your flex from time to time. So I can get it from that standpoint. Then the other question that we have here is basically in a best ball dynasty PPR league, it, you're, the, this guy is in a win best now type mode work. there. Yeah. Yeah. So best ball dynasty. So this is going to carry over to next year. Uh-huh. PPR. Your favorite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and Devin, Devin Singletary, or George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, and Rashad White. You're in a win-now uh, mode. Uh, yeah, win now, I'm going to go with the hop, and I'm going to go with Kirk. Those two, to me, is like right on point. And Singletary, he kind of comes on at the end of the season. Played well last week. I think he had just under 100 total yards. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the veterans in that. If you're winning now, yeah. Tara, you're in agreement there. So if yeah. you – how are you feeling, though, long-term about making this move? I mean, Christian Kirk's 26 years old, so I don't think you're losing too much there. Devin Singletary, you know what you're going to – you're getting rid of. But, I mean, Jahan Dotson, I don't – we know what he kind of did at the beginning of the season. We haven't seen that since he's come back from that hamstring. Uh, George Pickens, man, I mean, this guy's going to be an absolute dog here in two to three years. Absolutely. Rashad White. We got a glimpse of it here last week there when Fournette went down. But, again, running backs, you're looking at a four- to five-year shelf life there, tops, even in Dynasty. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how much this hurts you long-term either. I mean, I think it definitely puts you in a better situation to win your league now. But 
long term, it's going to, I don't know if it's going to hurt you that much because you're going to get DeAndre Hopkins probably for another four years. You're mm-hmm. going to get Christian Kirk for another four to six years minimum. I mean, single I mean, you want to win. Get, get your championships when you can. You got to go. If you're there, go for it because you can have the best team next year and have a shitload of injuries. So figure yeah. it out. And I'm assuming if you're playing best ball, it means you probably already got some pretty good pieces around this to make this kind of move. If you're in a win-now mode and you're acquiring some big-time bets, that means you've probably got some pretty good players that have put you in a good situation already. Yeah. Now, so we've talked about those trades. There's a couple trades right there. Now, Major, who are a couple players that you're looking to trade for and trade away here ahead of week number 12? I'm looking to get just a guy who finds a way to, like, become a starter wherever he goes, Latavius Murray. You know, Melvin Gordon, like, fumbling his way out of Denver. Uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon finds – I mean, uh, Murray finds his way as a starter once again. Um, and a little side note, the Rams, you know, dropping Henderson may leave some room, some rumors out here in L.A. that L.A. is about to try to go grab Gordon. But, you know, last week Murray had a decent game, 72 total yards and a TD. Um, that offense is really – Bad, and I think they're going to have to lean on their running game to kind of let um, Russ get that play action thing going. So you want to grab Murray now before it's too late. And then for my trade away, I'm going to go with a big name. You guys always say I don't I, – I give all the, the the whack names and stuff. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. Like, he's been pretty inconsistent this season, but he had a good outing last week. He put up 280 yards, two TDs. So take this opportunity to upgrade from him while you can, because next week it might not go as, as good as, as it did this week. So, yeah, those are my two there. Who you got, Tara? Well, before Tara goes in here, I just want to touch base on Latavius Murray real quick. Latavius Murray is basically the equivalent to final destination. If you see <laughs> Latavius Murray coming into your running backs room, every one of those running backs is going to get knocked off at right. some point. That's basically what Latavius Murray is. Now, Tara, the floor is yours. <laughs> uh, Trading for Ramondre Stevenson. I can't say it like <laughs> Why you just say it right? Come on, dude. Just once. I think it'll give a weak attempt. Um, yeah, see see if you can catch somebody that is panicking about the work that Damian Harris got. Because um, he did look good on the ground. That's for sure. I'm not knocking. I mean, like, I'm, you should be rostering Damian Harris. He is not somebody that should be on waivers because at the end of the day, you know, he still has great value. Um, that's a huge amount of value splitting with Stevenson. But if Stevenson were to go down, fantastic value for Harris. But regardless of Stevenson or of, uh, Harris being back, Stevenson is locked into targets and some fantasy managers might have missed the fact that Ty Montgomery is done for the season. That's it. Like no Ty Montgomery, this pass catching role is locked in for Stevenson for the rest of the season. And it makes him the back with a much higher upside. So I, you know, Damian Harris back, it doesn't really matter when you're the one that is catching the passes. And um, I did the math, man. If he was, uh, if he had this role from the beginning of the season, he would be the second most targeted back in the NFL behind Austin Eckler. He would be Ramondre Ecklerson. That is what I would call him because yeah, his pass like catching, I, I I like it. Yeah. I know it just like would make both of you yeah. uncomfortable because, yeah, because <laughs> you love your Ramondre and mm-hmm. and uh, Matt hates, you know, Austin Eckler. So, um, Tara, when but... you said that, that, that sounded like the equivalent of a rubber glove snapping. 
(laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I just think it gets overlooked uh, how dramatic the pass catching upside for him is. It's incredible, man. It's better than the upside that Christian McCaffrey has. It's real. So, you know, if you're in a PPR, a fantastic PPR league, you need to be looking at Ramondre Stevenson. Um, guy that I'm trading away, you don't have to do this. This is not a, oh my God, jump out and get out now kind of situation. But if you want to, if you're tired of it and you just want to say, Hey, I'm going to give it a go and see, um, Najee Harris is coming off of two solid games. Jalen Warren is hurt. The upcoming schedule is good. So technically you can just keep him and write it out. Cause I think it'll be fine. But if you want to sell him, this is the peak value and the trade deadline is approaching. So, you know. If you're looking to make a move and maybe you want to upgrade at wide receiver and you've already moved on from Harris and you've got solid options at running back and you don't really have any use for him, trade him away and upgrade. I can't take credit for this. I've heard somewhere out there when I was talking about Ramondre Stevenson in particular, he's about 60% LeGarrette Blunt and 100% James White rolled into one. I mean, if you're a Patriots fan. What's wrong with you guys? You get a big thumper there. Garrett Blunt had 20 touchdowns in a single season. He is Ramondre. There's only one. He's Derrick Henry and... Oh, now now you're putting two. You just said he's one. And now you're trying to play the game. I'm trying to play the game you guys make up. Stop. You're going to turn him into like Darren Sproles and Derrick Henry rolled into one. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. Now, for me, I'm trading for Kenneth Walker. No matter what, write that down on a sticky note there somewhere. (laughs) I don't care what it costs to get him. I'm paying, I'm overpaying, whatever it takes. I want him on my team. And maybe there's a bit of a dip in the market right now based on last week's 10 carry 17 yard performance. But the thing that's got me excited, and it's something we haven't seen all season long, six catches on eight targets for 55 yards that's ppr gold my friend and what's more valuable than what? ppr gold well actually that's <laughs> cool's gold but hey you know what it's people still refer to it as gold uh-huh, good <sighs> every opportunity in this backfield belongs to kenneth walker he saw 87 percent of the snaps there last week and a 24 percent target share i mean that right there is it's whatever it costs that's I'm willing to pay it right now. And to sell Devin Singletary, the sell window is open right now, right up until kickoff of Thanksgiving. Take advantage while you can, if you can. You want something to be thankful for this holiday season? Move on from Devin Singletary before the cook starts cooking there, before James Cook starts serving everybody in fantasy there and becomes one of the top running backs out there. Detroit, they've they've limited some of the best backs and rushing attacks in recent weeks. That includes the Bears and that whole Justin Fields, David Montgomery thing they had going on. That includes Aaron uh, Aaron Jones there in the Packers. That includes Saquon Barkley and the Giants. The matchups, they get tougher here for Devin Singletary the next few weeks. They've got the Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins. So those are some tough run matchups there with the Jets and the Patriots. I'm probably trying to avoid. And if I can get out now, now's probably the time to do it. I mean, Singletary, he may give you some flex value here and there, but there are some tough matchups that I just want to avoid altogether. Mm. And that's probably why he's going to be on my sit list more often than not down the stretch, which brings us up to the next part of the show, the starts and sits for week number 12. Major, kick us off here at the quarterback position. Yeah, so I had to dig deep because you guys give me crap every week and it kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. I I cry after the show. Yeah, so 
I'm gonna go with like Matt Ryan versus Pittsburgh. You know, since Jeff Saturday took over as head coach and reinstated Matt Ryan, he has played well. He's thrown for 434 yards or 35 yards and a TD and rushed for another TD in the last two weeks. This week, Matty Ice will be facing a Steelers that is the worst pass defense, giving up 272 yards per game. So I'm going to go with Matt. And, you know, Coach Saturday's come in and sparked that team, you know, to, to beat the Raiders, which is probably not a hard thing to do. But he played the Eagles to a one-point loss. So I hope this opens the door for black coaches who don't have any experience to, like, get in there and see what they can do. And I don't think they can use that excuse anymore. So, yeah, let's let's let's, let's spread, spread the wealth a little bit. And then for my sit, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones versus Dallas. Jones balled out last week. I got to give it to him. I'm not a fan of his at all. But he had a total of 391 yards, two TDs. But Dallas that, you know, uh, Matt talked about a little bit earlier, that Dallas defense is getting to the quarterback. They they turned Kirk Thuggins back into a pumpkin last week. So I, I think they're going to do the same to, to your boy, Daniel. Uh, what'd you call him? Thunderclap or something? Thunder, thunder, thunder. Vanilla thunder. Vanilla thunder. No. Uh, that's the nastiest no. thing. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> it's that's supposed like to be. It's supposed to be Vanilla Vic. That's what oh, no. Uh, uh, don't. Uh, nope. We're not having any Vic slander in this show. No. <laughs> But yeah, I that's, may have that's, to change my tune on Daniel Jones looking like a turkey now that I know he's Vanilla Vic. That is right. nasty. Vanilla Vic sounds so disgusting. Let's no, that is vanilla. such a cute nickname for Daniel Jones. He is a uh -uh. running quarterback. Running quarterback. Is he a running quarterback? Yes, he is. Look, just because he trips every now and then does not take away the fact that he is a running, like legitimately. Until you have a hamstring injury, you are not a true runner. Tara, I got another one. How about the Mayo Moon? Huh? Mayo, moon? <laughs> Mayo Moon is nasty. I'm about to walk up the show. I'm about to, this that's nasty. The Mayo Moon is nasty. That is disgusting, man. 46 42 is exactly when the show went off the rails. This week. There you go. Time market. There you go. Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> on, on that note, I'm gonna just pass it to you. I don't want any anything to do with any of that. That was just happening right now. Major only likes it if we refer to him as Discount Josh Allen. But yeah, no. you go Discount Allen. He's Vanilla Vic in our hearts. He's a vanilla. <laughs> he's a vanilla Josh Allen. Vanilla <laughs> Allen. Anyway, thank you, Vanilla Vic. Uh, my deep start <laughs> of my deep start of the week is Taylor Heineke against Atlanta, um, and that might feel terrifying to some people because he is coming off of two ugly games, less than. 10 fantasy points, but this is Atlanta. And uh, Taylor Heineke is feeling good about himself because he was named the permanent starter for the year. So he's heading, you know, he's, you know, feeling good about himself, heading into a top tier matchup with Atlanta. He hasn't had a touchdown since week nine. He's due. So, hey, we're just using this uh, little bit of regression analysis here for him to have a bounce back game mm -hmm. in week 12. My sit of the week. I mean, we already talked about it. I don't have to dive into it. It's Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah, let's save some time here. This man had literally two fantasy points last week. It's in <laughs> prime time against New England. Uh, no. <laughs> he can't play it in prime time. He can't. <laughs> like, awful. Even if you even if you quadrupled his fantasy production, you still get nothing. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there, though. You replaced Kirk Cousins with a Kirk Cousins. I, I like what you did there. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what? I- I've been hard on the on the Mayo Moon here. Kirk Cousins <laughs> might actually get outscored by him this week. Now, for me, we're going to keep here. I'm going to go with some mac and cheese as my starter here. And I'm going to go, before I talk about who it is, I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to go deeper than Tara when it came to my start. I was this close, this close. <laughs> To go with Mike White. Man, there's a lot of white references going now, aren't there? Vanilla Vic. I was going to go James with Mike White. White. As, <laughs> James White popped up. Yeah. I, I was going to reach our white photo for today. Let's keep it safe here. Because <laughs> you know what? Mike White against the Bears, it could have been a good one. But you know what? How about I'm going to go with McCorkle Jones? More and that great matchup against a Vikings team that is essentially down three corners and have allowed 1,112 passing yards and eight touchdowns in the last eight weeks. So that means I'm all in on McCorkle Jones, which means, of course, I'm all in on Jacoby Myers. And you know there's a way I'm going to find a way to get him into each and every show. And my sit of the week, week <laughs> I, I could call. No, you know what? I'm not even going to try to make a reference here between Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. Please we've already kind of gone around that a little too much here today. But Dak Prescott versus the New York Giants is my sit this week. I almost went with Aaron Rodgers there. He almost made my list. But, hey, he's just about all my list, everything. I kind of want to stick to that Thanksgiving theme that I've already got kind of going here at the quarterback position. Now, both of Prescott's touchdown passes here. They went to Tony Pollard there last week, and the Giants have only allowed two receiving touchdowns, two backs all season, and none over the last four weeks. In fact, over the last four weeks, they've only allowed 114 receiving yards, two backs, and they're holding quarterbacks to an average of 13.5 fantasy points per contest. So maybe it's a I'm if I have better options than Dak Prescott out there, I'm pivoting there. But I get it if you don't have a better option. I mean. Matt Ryan, I'd, I'd probably consider starting Matt Ryan, except I'm probably a little bit scared about T.J. Watt and how quickly he can wreck a game. But, yeah, no, and I'm, I'm fading that. Dak Prescott this week. Now, speaking of fades and more starts, let's turn our attention to the running back position, Major. Who do you got starting here? Oh, boy. Yeah. Am, am I, I seeing what I'm seeing? I know you, you just said all kind of stuff, so it makes me feel even <laughs> more, like, concrete in my decision-making here. Um, but I'm going to go with – Devin Singletary versus Detroit. Devin seems to come on in the second half of the season. Last year, he started to break out around week 14. And last week, it looked like it kind of started a little bit earlier. You know, last week, Devin had 97 total yards and a TD, uh, which giving him good momentum going into uh, versus this second to last ranked rush defense that gives up 154 yards per game. So I know Matt said all that stuff about get rid of him and all that stuff, but, you know, Listen to the running back whisper. Um, and then for my sits, I'm going to go with all the Rams running backs. Um, you know, Rams let Hendo go after we thought we all thought Cam Akers was the one that was going to get, you know, dealt that he wanted to leave and they wanted him to leave. But somehow he stayed on there. And then this random thing with Henderson just kind of popped up and he's gone now. So I don't know what's going on in L.A. where the running backs don't want to play there or the team doesn't like the running backs but you're left with karen williams and, and cam Akers. they're the last man standing and they have a matchup versus the fifth ring defense rush defense that is um that only gives up 100 yards a game in kc so i i don't know what what before you go to the next thing like what are some of your thoughts on that running back room out there in, in the rams like why can't they keep people why do they want to leave it seemed like some tension there 
since you're the running back whisperer, do you want to whisper to our audience where you had Cam Akers ranked at the start of the season? I had him Ooh. high. I don't know how high it was. Was it like one or something like that, too? He was top you five. Had him, yeah, I had, had him up him. there. I'm not going to lie. I still see it there. I think that old line is really is, – is the That's whole the problem. Is, That's it right yeah. there. You just hit everything you needed to hit yeah. right there. It's that offensive line in Los Angeles. And now, not only is the offensive line broken – their give a damn in Los Angeles is broken as well. I would not expect Matthew Stafford to play another game the rest of the season. I would not expect yeah. Cooper Cup to come back anytime soon either. He's on the IR. He's out for at least four weeks. I don't see him coming back. I don't see the Rams risking it, which means Detroit Lions, congratulations. You have now probably acquired yourself the third overall pick in the NFL draft, uh, courtesy of point. the Los Great Angeles point. Rams. Great point. <laughs> So, Tara, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Who do you got starting and sitting here at the running back position? Um, before I start, uh, I appreciate the accountability that uh, Major took there for that for Cam Akers. I think we take good accountability on this show. I actually oh, yeah. had to go through and um, clip an accountability take of mine earlier uh, that we did a few weeks ago on uh, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill because I had someone comment on, not on our YouTube, but on a, another one a comment that they literally close the browser anytime they see my face um, because they said I never owned up to being wrong about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And I was like, I don't end up to it, man. You just gotta, you gotta follow up. I don't, I don't, you, gotta you gotta listen. follow the shows. Listen to like, you know, tune into the Dynasty Vipers because we sure do um, own up to our hits and misses. So, man, come on now. We only make fun of each other when we literally miss all it. we do. That's all I we always do. joke, and I mean, we take it so well. Like, we just like. <laughs> I haven't been attacked yet by fantasy receipts. But I'm pretty confident they're looking for something. It doesn't take a whole lot of searching to find a bad take of mine that I oh, put you, out there. You well, Matt, you get in front of it. Yourself. Yeah, Matt does like the the the, the eight mile thing. The yeah. you know he starts talking about himself before anyone else can get to him. So like you you're golden, buddy. You're smart smart move. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, my start of the week at running back to put us back on track. Um, Latavius Murray versus mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Um, and I just want to my say, trade for, huh? You listen to my trade for. Good job. No, uh, I just want to say, like I said, I just said ac- accountability and taking accountability. But here I am about to pat myself on the back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Classic <laughs> era setup right here. Yeah. <laughs> Tear myself down and then build myself back up. I am scared, guys. Love sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. Um, pat myself on the back a little because I was on uh, I was on Latavius Murray before the before the boot. Uh, he was one of my uh, players that I was like uh, to grab and start last week. Um, so yay me, because um, now we've ended up with uh, Latavius Murray as the. Um, I obviously Denver is a wild one to me. I get why they like got tired of Melvin Gordon, but at the same time, like you knew Chase Edmonds was hurt and was going on IR and you still said, no, man, we're, we just want this one back. And Marlon Mack, that was a, that was a choice. Um, but like, what do you have to do to get kicked out? Like it's, it's more than just the fumbles. Like they have no running backs in the room. So I, I, so I'm like all on TikTok and whatnot, but I saw a TikTok and so I, this is no validity whatsoever. Don't, please don't take this to mind. This could be a complete joke. Um, it probably, what are, you haven't even joke. said it yet. And I'm already going to take it and run with this it. This is already, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> this could be, is probably a complete joke. But someone said 
then after the loss, he was playing. He was playing future in the locker room. Yes, I heard that one. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, I don't Isn't get that it. hilarious. Oh, I get that it is... now. I'm late to the party. Yeah, I get it. I get hilarious. It. So I want it to be true. I want it to be true because that would be hilarious. And if it were true, um, I would actually appreciate Melvin Gordon for that. I would say that's you know, hey man, he has he has a personality to do that. He has a sense of humor to I do. I feel like it. Like I feel like too. So I want to I want to believe it with my heart. Um, but my sit of the week is Donta Foreman. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, wasn't that your like your? I don't know if that was your trade or your sit. I'm sorry, I like wrote this like literally on like Monday. But yeah, Dante Foreman unfortunately versus Denver is a terrible matchup. Um, Dante Foreman he does fine in good matchups. He does terrible in bad matchups. So here we go. We've got a bad matchup. Uh, yeah, don't start him. <laughs> I like how right now we have now officially confirmed that Melvin Gordon is going to sign with the Seattle Seahawks. Because, you know, Pete, if he did play future in that dressing room, Pete Carroll, he's all about that life. How awesome and, would that be for the storyline? That would be so good. It would be hilarious. And what I'm all about this week is Jeffrey Wilson. When you play the worst pass rush defense, you start the back he, that faces that defense 10 out of 10 times. The Texans are allowing almost 30 fantasy points Per game over the last four weeks and are allowing 178.9 yards per ground this season. I expect the Dolphins to do the thing that they do best and throw that ball around the field. But the Houston Texans, they did just bench Davis Mills this week in favor of Kyle Allen there. So you should expect a few more possessions heading the Dolphins' way in this one. Against the Browns in week number 10, Jeffrey Wilson ran for 119 yards on 17 carries while adding 24 more yards on two receptions. I think he had like five targets in that game. So you're going to get some PPR value out of Jeffrey Wilson. I think you're going to get some good standard value out of him too because everyone can run. Even Major could probably strap it up right now and pick up uh, two yards against the Houston Texans. Not probably. For sure I would. Like, don't probably me, dude. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I just love that. You, I said you could probably run for negative two yards, and you went with it. So thank <laughs> you for that. I said probably. I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna run for it, but go ahead. <laughs> and then my sit of the week, hey, I like to go a little bit. I like bolder on these ones. So let's sit Delvin Cook against New England. New England has allowed the second fewest fantasy points on Ooh. average the last four weeks to opposing backs. And the fewest over the course of the season. New England to date has allowed just one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown, two backs this season. Now it gets even worse for Delvin Cook here because you have to consider that Christian Derrishaw, the Vikings starting left tackle, he's not going to be available for this contest due to a concussion. And that is a big loss for this Vikings front, especially after we saw what the Dallas Cowboys did to them. And now you got Matt Judon and this Diedrich Weiss and the rest of these Patriots guys coming at you. I don't like this for Dalvin Cook. I mean, I think he's going to get hit in the backfield early and often. And I, I'm sorry, he's a sit for me. Now, Ter or Major, we're going to go back to you here on these wide receivers here. Who do you got starting and sitting at the wide receiver position? Yeah, you know, I got to go with the names. I got to go my boy Jamar Chase coming back versus Tennessee. Well, I don't know if he's fully back yet. I'm just going to go on a limb and say that he is. But, you know, look for Mr. Chase to return with a bang. Chase has been out since week seven with that bad hip. Um, but he did practice, a limited practice today. Um, the last two weeks before he got injured, he was starting to heat up. He had 200-plus uh, yard games. And this week he's facing the worst pass defense that gives up 
the most yards to receivers. So you gotta you gotta like that math if you're if you're a uh, Chase fan. And uh, for my sit here, I'm gonna go with this one hurts because my dude. But I'm trying to trying to get a little more bold, I guess. But this is my guy. But uh, Brandon Ayuk against New Orleans. Ayuk has worked his way back from being in a doghouse last year. We still don't know what that was about. No one's ever said anything. This unsolved mystery. Um, but so far this season, he has 46 receptions, 587 yards, and six touchdowns. But this week, he's going against the eighth-ranked eighth pass defense to receivers. So, you know. The Saints are pretty good. They got a good secondary, and I think they're going to go. It looks like what's his name is heating up. Um, Debo, Debo starting to heat up a little bit. Like so, I think Ayuk is going to start taking that, you know, second seat or third actually behind uh, Debo and their tight end there. So, yeah, over to you, Tara. Tara, can I introduce this next person for you right off the get go? It's your boy. So go ahead. Yeah. Kobe Myers! <laughs> I like it. How come you get to hype each other up for Andre Stevenson and Kobe Myers, but I can't get hyped up for Austin Eckler? It's like not fair, guy. <laughs> come on. Because he's at I the wrong like, position. He's a receiver, but go ahead. Mm. <sighs> I don't feel like arguing. All right. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I was trying. You know she's tired. She looked at the time and was like, oh, I got to go. I can't argue today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you made a busy decision right there. I did. I did. Business decision. Um, unlike Zach Wilson, who made a poor business decision earlier in the week. Um, Jacoby Myers. Bounce back game versus Minnesota. Um, you know, and you, you kind of covered it, Matt, when you talked about um while you're starting Mac Jones, um, which I'm not bold enough to do. I'm not yeah, not at all. But I will start <laughs> Jacoby Myers because um, this is a great opportunity for, have, for him to have a little bounce back game here because he had really been on an absolute tear. He had three touchdowns over four games between weeks uh, five and eight. And then he, you know, has had some struggle games that I don't really think were his fault. You know, very you know, Mac Jones fault, matchup fault. But I like this matchup for him. So I think we'll see him bounce back to, uh, you know, a good 15 to 20 fantasy point performance for him, which is good, especially in PPR. <clears throat> onto the wide receiver that I am. Wait, will he score a touchdown? Would you think he scores a touchdown? Possibly. I mean, he's been scoring touchdowns, plural. So good for him, man. Okay. Good for him. He has expanded his game, even though Mac Jones has limited his own. Um, okay, cool. I, I, I gotta jump in. I like what That's my it's, favorite part of the show. You have a defensive coordinator <laughs> calling offensive plays. Matt Patricia is calling this offense in New England. <laughs> He's what? literally calling, okay, Mac Jones, I need you to go out there and throw a Sam Blitz. I need you to throw a Sam Blitz. Look, I mean, it's working, it's working for the running backs. I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying? I don't think I've ever seen anything special out of Mac Jones. And like, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's go. He's such a, he's such a Bama quarterback. Like, His congratulations on your, on, your, like, on your Nick Saban system. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, did you know that he is the only winning quarterback coming from that draft class that includes a Clemson quarterback? And I'm about to go, okay, but that's not that is not of his own doing. And I'm about to go off right here because the number of people that really had the nerve to say that Matt Jones was better than Tua, y'all to be ashamed of yourselves. Y'all to be truly, truly ashamed of yourselves for saying that nonsense. Absolutely not. <laughs> My favorite part of the show. I love when Tara get there. I love when she gets there. Let's go. I try to go to her. 
I got her warmed up and now she she lets you have it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's like <laughs> bring up talk a yeah, talk a Alabama quarterback and then we can like <laughs> yeah. Trigger warning. Uh, triggers, yes. <laughs> um, my set of the week. And you know what? Even though we just had our differences, Matt, or Matt, shout, Matt, 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 shout out to you for uh, making sure you get in. I get into the show sheet. I've been getting into the show sheet early um, this week. So I got into the show sheet and made my, uh, I know, like, I'm just been on it. Like early Mondays, I'm on it. Um, and I did it before Baker Mayfield was benched. And DJ Moore was my sit of the week versus Denver because Baker Mayfield is not, throw, he hates his wide receiver ones. But regardless, um, even with Dan, uh, Sam Darnold starting, uh, I'm still sitting DJ Moore, unfortunately, purely because of Patrick Sertan. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can have an okay-ish game, but unless you're like elite level Devontae Adams, you are not going to go off on him. So unfortunately, um, I just, you know, if you want to start DJ Moore, I understand it because it is an upgrade for him. This is going back to Sam Darnold is an upgrade for DJ Moore for sure. Like 100%. Go look at the numbers from 2021. But unfortunately, given the matchup, I just can't advise, like, (laughs) I can't recommend starting him. (laughs) Yeah. um, Patrick Sertain is still too young to cover someone like Devontae Adams. Let's be honest. I mean, Devontae (laughs) Adams let us all know that. Now, I've actually got a very interesting start sit here. Uh, going in one of my leagues because right now I've got Jacoby Myers starting over DJ Moore and over Traylon Burks this week. And Bur- Traylon Burks, the guy that intrigues me this week. Yeah. I mean, the way that Tannehill has this offense running much like he did last year with the efficiency. I mean, Wait, that's when did he become word. like a quarterback? Did I miss something? I mean, when he lit up Denver for the most fastest points by a quarterback all season, I think that kind of classified him there. Basically, he became a quarterback when he stopped being a wide receiver back at Texas A&M. And he was a, he, a running quarterback, I guess. I don't know. but He was the vanilla Vic before the new vanilla Vic. I, I now, was going to say, and I stopped myself. I like, bit my tongue so hard when I was about to play that game. Now, for me – I'm a man of the people, and my start this week is Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I I like Donovan Peoples-Jones, don't get me wrong, but Jacoby Brissett, he has nothing, I mean nothing to lose. Deshaun Watson, he is back under center next week. A Clemson quarterback that we could talk about if we wanted to, but we won't, which means Brissett will be looking to air it out early and often against a Buccaneers team that is allowed opposing receivers to average 358 three fancy points per game over the last four weeks. Brissett was a man without fear last week. No fear whatsoever. That's what happens when you have nothing to lose. He attacked that Bill secondary. He attacked Dane Jackson. And I would expect nothing less this week as he faces his old teammate there in Tom Brady. Brissett last week, 324 yards passing, three touchdowns, and 61 of those. And a touchdown, it went into Peoples-Jones' direction. So expect Peoples-Jones to have a big week for the Browns here because Jacoby Brissett, he's playing with house money, and he don't give a damn anymore. So (laughs) that's one thing there, and that's something you cannot put a metric on when a quarterback has nothing to lose, when a player has nothing to lose, when their back is against the wall and competing for a contract next year. That is what Brissett has going on in this game. Now, my sit of the week, Major, he got bold there with Devontae Adams sitting last week. I'm going to take it one step higher. I'm going to go with Justin 
Jefferson as my sit of the week. That's right. Double J, take a seat. Now, I'm not really benching you. Let's be honest here. But I'm telling you right now, you have to fade. I really, I really, really, really want to be proven wrong here. Look, you, you're probably not benching him. I get it. But what is the one thing that the Patriots and Bill Belichick have historically liked to do to their opponent's top option on offense? This season, the Patriots are allowing the third fewest fantasy points to receivers on a per-game basis, and they were allowing just 26.95 per game, yielding just 1,350 yards and four scores. Now, over the last four weeks, they've been even better. In fact, their 18.3 fantasy points per game against is the best in the league, and they have not allowed a receiver to find an end zone over that period. And again, it's going to come down to pressure in this contest. If Kirk Cousins is getting sacked seven times, chances are he's throwing a YOLO ball up there, just hoping like hell that Justin Jefferson is somewhere in that area. Let's be honest. There's not going to be a whole lot of time for primetime Kirk Cousins to operate in this contest. And if Kirk Cousins has no time, that means Justin Jefferson is not going to get any balls that are catchable, so to speak. It doesn't mean he's not going to catch some. It's going to be a tougher (laughs) climb for him this week. Now, finally, because we love talking about tight ends, this is the favorite part of the show each and every single week. Major, give us a start. Give us a sit. What tight end are you hoping to touch on this week? Yeah, I I was the last one on the show sheet here, and uh, you guys took everyone I was kind of looking at, so I went... I went dumpster diving a little bit. I got and I came out with a little bargain. I got Jared Everett versus Arizona because Arizona is the new Raiders of versus tight end. So whenever anyone plays Arizona, you start that tight end. Um, so far this season, he's averaging 11 yards per catch and he has two TDs. That's pretty much all the stats I kind of have on him. He's coming back from a groin injury, uh, so he's he should be rested. So, um, yeah, for my sit, I'm going to go with Jawan Johnson versus San Francisco. Um, Johnson has had over 40-plus yards and a TD in each of the last three weeks. So he's been on a nice little roll for a tight end, but he's facing the mighty 49ers defense. That's only giving up 36 yards per game to tight ends. So I'm, I'm going I'm to go with my 49ers against Jawan on that one. Man, that one hurts. You know I love myself some Juwan Johnson. Yeah, I like him too, man. The tight end position. Yeah, I think you took now, my sit too. I was going to do it. You got you to get there, man. You got to get in on early. <laughs> you do it like as the game is still playing, though. Like, Oh, no, I already knew I was sitting him like three weeks ago. For this <laughs> it's like the stocks. I'm playing the fantasy stocks oh here. I'm God. trying to get ahead of the curve. Now, Karen, <laughs> who your starts and sits in the tight end position here for week number 12? Uh, my start is Boston Moreau versus Seattle. I'm not particularly passionate about it, um, but Seattle gives up the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And uh, Moreau doesn't really have a high ceiling. Um, you know, it's hard to have a high ceiling when you play with Devontae Adams, and that is literally the ceiling. Uh, but tri- tight end is such a terrible, terrible position right now that literally seven, seven tight ends cracked double-digit fantasy points in PPR last year. That is absolutely, or last week, that is absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. No, even in PPR, like, that's that's frightening. Like, (laughs) tight ends is such a terrible position right now. So, honestly, you just got to start a guy that is, you know, is he seeing targets? 
okay, cool. Yeah, you can start them. <laughs> That's great. Um, now that kind of brings me to my sit of the week is that like, I'm like, I get it. We have to do, you know, your sits and you gotta be bold with it, but I genuinely cannot advise sitting. If you've got a, a top 12 tight end of top right. 10 tight end or anything, I can't advise you sit him because the state of tight end right Very now, cool. I mean, it's just such trash. You've got a, you, if you've got a stud, please start him. If you got a stud ish, if he's kind of close, like go with it. Um, but if that said, if you have to, if you have to, it's Mike Kosicki, um, because it's Mike Kosicki. Um, yeah. And that's the, uh, that's the justification there. Top tier analysis. Um, but I will justify it real quick. Um, I have zero desire to start Mike Kosicki anytime, anywhere, any place. Um, and that says a lot. And the problem is, is that the man is tight in 18 in PPR he is tight in 23 in average points per game in PPR. He is averaging 7.5 fantasy points per game. That is literally just 0.1 points more than Robert Tanyan. Mm. Like, put that in perspective. Absolutely not. He'll hit-ish every now and then, but, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not worth I just, I can't. I cannot do it. That's just that. Yeah, it, you, you think Mike Kosicki and you think, oh, yeah, you know, Mike Kosicki. No, it's really it's horrible. It's horribly, horribly bad. If you actually look at the stats and where he is, it's a problem. Yeah, we, we knew that we'd expect that coming into the season there, how Mike McDaniel likes to run his offense. I mean, that was kind of a yeah. given there. Uh, he might be a tight end 23 there in fantasy, but he's number one in the gritty. <laughs> no, I do not like green eggs and ham. No, I do not like Mike Kosicki, Sam, I am. Now, for me, I'm going to go with a good old-fashioned <laughs> rule here. And I'm going to go with Will Disley against the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> here. Now, the Raiders, they've been better against uh, tight ends here the last four weeks, only allowing 10.7 fantasy points per game and 185 yards to the position. But on the season, they've allowed six touchdowns and over 500 yards. Will Disley is that DFS play right now. If you're looking to win that Millie Maker right now, or whatever you want to come with, and you're looking to save a few dollars, Will Disley is that guy. I mean, I like him more than Noah Fant this week. Let's put it that way. Now, why? Geno Smith. Geno Smith is one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy, in fantasy points per dropback versus cover one this season. And Will Disley is surprisingly one of the better tight ends in the league when facing that same coverage. So you put those things together, and you've got yourself a solid play this week. And for my sit of the week, Judge Kittle versus New <laughs> Orleans. I'm upset that I couldn't go with Kyle Pitts once again in my sit call due to the fact that he is sitting on the IR right now. So let's hey. give it he's down. He's down. Hey. He's down. Yeah, nice. you know what? Uh, I'm not okay. above that. Let's it was a little blow. But cut it. Cut it. No. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no editing on this show. But I'm going to pivot here to another big man with a difficult matchup, and that is Kittle against the Saints. Over the last four weeks, New Orleans has allowed an average of 7.88 fantasy points per game to the tight end position. That's the second fewest in the league while allowing the 16th most fantasy points to receivers over that same period of time. So every week, a 49er is going to get the fantasy squeeze. It's going to happen. When you've got McCaffrey and Kittle and Samuel and Ayuk, someone is going to get squeezed each and every week. If you've got a good matchup or a decent matchup at the wide receiver position, the 49ers and Jimmy Grapple are going to look to exploit that Whereas if you have a more difficult matchup in George Kittle, they're facing the Saints tight end, uh, defense there. 
I mean, this is one that I'm looking to fade if of the 49ers, which means I'm probably going to be attacking with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, and the rest of the cast there. With that all being said, we are now wrapping up another episode of the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. If you are looking to score more, head to fantasypoints.com today. Enter promo code 22 Vipers 10 and get 10% off that subscription. You're getting the XFP, XFP report there, courtesy of Scott Barrett. You're getting the stat pack, courtesy of Graham Barfield there. You're getting best bets with John Hansen there, Tom Broly. And, of course, you're getting Joe Dolan and that mismatch report. And better yet, and this is something that cannot be understated, you're getting access to the Discord channel there over at Fantasy Points where you have access to all the great minds of Fantasy Points. These are some of the brightest minds in fantasy football. Jake Tribby there, Wes Huber, guys you're not even talking about. You've got John Hanson. You've got Major Caldwell, Nick Script. By the way, you can catch them on Sunday mornings before all the football goes down on that Sunday morning football show. You can get Tara there over on the Fantasy uh, Pros there, TikTok, and on the YouTube channel there, and on Fantasy Alarm as well. So you can find Tara just about anywhere that you can find the word fantasy and football correlating together there. And, of course, myself over on the Vipers Network. You can catch all my primetime previews over there. And on Friday nights, you get the Friday Night Hype Show where I'm definitely over-caffeinated or lacking sleep, much like I am today. Still waiting for that that all being said, make sure you've got your Thanksgiving pants ready to go, the ones with the extra elastic band. And I'm, eating, I'm hoping to eat so much this week that I'm going to foul over. And we'll see yeah. you next week. <laughs> <laughs>